Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where every week me, Kate, Adrian, and Matt talk about different things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we want to make sure you head on over to our social media pages at But Why Though PC on Twitter, Facebook.com slash But Why Though PC, and of course our Twitch channel where we stream video games and, you know, just have fun. Twitch.tv slash But Why Though PC. And if you're feeling a little generous and want to support us a little bit more, head on over to Patreon, where you get show extras, shows a couple of days earlies, as well as all the fun perks that you can find at patreon.com slash butwhythopc. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And that's all I have. So enjoy the show. Today, we are welcoming you to Jurassic Park. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. But before we get into all of the awesome dinosaur things, we want to give a big warm welcome to the Safari Zone podcast. They are a Pokemon podcast. They're amazing. Say welcome, guys. Welcome. And we're going to talk about Jurassic Park while you guys do Safari Park. <laughs> the Safari Zone. Yeah, we're super excited to have them. All the Pokemon stuff coming out, I'm sure y'all are going to have so much to talk about. And we are excited to have you join our Elite Four of podcasts. We're only at three, though. We're three. I was like, yeah. what? We need one more. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm just. And that could be you. <laughs> yeah, that could be you if you really want to. <laughs> But yeah, no, thanks. Uh, their most recent episode, they talked about what they would do if they were in a Pokemon world. Um, I don't want to be in a Pokemon world because... I so we're going to be in a Jurassic world now. We are. Okay, listen to their <laughs> promo, and then we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. My name is Ash. My name is Maggie. I'm Peter. And uh, we're the Safari Zone podcast, a Pokemon podcast that talks about pretty much anything and everything Pokemon related. I'm the show's anime expert. I'm all about the video games. I'm just the all-around jack-of-all-trades of Pokemon. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. We have new episodes every Thursday. So, because he's a scientist and because the only DVD he owns is Jurassic Park. Actually, on the VHS of this. Okay, the only DVD and VHS like, he have, owns is Jurassic Park. I was thinking, do they have DVDs yet? <laughs> <laughs> this was out. Matt is going to be leading us through this wonderful world. Go ahead and take it over. Is it really wonderful? In theory, yes. Okay, so I guess as we start the question, since Kate has gotten lazy on actually asking the question. Now I haven't done us, that for like six episodes. I know, exactly. Um, have you guys, have, have you watched the Jurassic Park, the original? And have you consumed anything other than like the movies? Um, yes, I've watched Jurassic Park, the original. Um, I actually thought, like, so this movie came out in 1990. I was born in 93, so I was like really young when I saw it. And I thought... 
um, that the actors legit died in this movie. <laughs> I thought like they legit got <laughs> ate by dinosaurs, and that like the money they made just went to their family. So when Samuel Jackson like died, I was like, dang, Samuel Jackson's family must be getting paid <laughs> for him to be sacrificed to some dinosaurs. Um, other than like the movies, um, I'm sure I've played some games. Um, I've played like Peter. Or Peter Piper had like the Jurassic Park game where you shot raptors and stuff. But I have never read the book, and I don't know if there's any other media other than that. But I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. So I uh, I love the movies. I've seen all of them multiple times. Uh, fun fact: Our dog freaks out at the sound of a T Rex. Um, don't know why, and it's not even a scared freak out. Um, but I've read the book. Uh, it's been years since I read it, and um, I've played a few of the video games because my brother was like deathly afraid of dinosaurs, and like I loved them, and so I made him play it, which my mom didn't like. And then uh, watch all the Lego shorts because the Lego ones are really good. But I think those are like the like the Jurassic World ones. Those are new. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I love Jurassic Park so. So the fun story to start this of Jurassic Park is, one, this is definitely the only VHS and DVD I own. It's my favorite movie. Do not own any of the other ones. And I've actually not really watched many of the other ones, as we'll get into later. But fun fact, my stepmom had a concussion, and I kept doing the raptor part of shoot her, and I did it so many times that I got embedded because she was having brain problems because she had a concussion. And to this day, she never lets it down, and she still hates me and hates this entire movie. Because all she thinks about is, shooter, shooter. <laughs> but apparently if you do that to somebody over and over while they have a concussion, they can probably go insane. So I do not recommend it. How old were you? Probably like eight. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing. I have a lot of fun uh, facts about this, about also, Jurassic Park with childhood. Also, Adrian is starting his move to Austin, so we get him here for this recording. Um, so if I'm laughing over his voice or anybody's voices, because we're only on one track today, and Matt is saying shoot her. Tell you can ask her about it. She still hates me for that. Apparently, don't get concussions. Adrian just looks freaked out, and <laughs> it's like happy he's it's never like been you, injured. Like you just ruined this whole movie, <laughs> like this wonderful piece of cinema, because you were eight and couldn't let this go. It's Matt, though. Are we surprised <laughs> that child Matt did that? No. no. I thought this was adult Matt who did this, so I guess I'm less surprised that child Matt did it. That's it why all, I asked the age. It all makes sense now. Does it? Cool. All right, so basically we're going to do this a little bit with, we're going to start off with a little bit of background of where Jurassic Park and kind of the concept, and then we'll kind of get into the, what people, I guess, know as Jurassic Park. So one, this is a... <clears throat> Basically, the background is Jurassic Park came out in 1990, and it was a book written by da, 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 Mike, Michael Critton. Yeah, Michael Critton. I had to get the name right. And he's also apparently a big sci-fi thing, notable for it like... It might be Crichton. Crichton, Crichton. It's Crichton. I was like, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, John it. Michael Crichton, yeah. Yeah. But basically, it's notable for like the Androm- Andromeda Strain, which I actually love that movie and stuff which I haven't seen in a long time. Congo, The Lost World, which is obviously the sequel, and Sphere, which also I really enjoy that movie. He's also had a lot of weird debates, and but yeah, interesting guy. What debates? So a lot of his viewpoints on science and some of this stuff, which when, when he writes about a lot of this stuff in here, weird, because he's actually kind of more of a science climate denier, 
but he's not to the extreme. But then as more of the thing of we shouldn't be investing our time and money on this because it's not as important as other things. Okay, I'm sure you're going to go into the background as to why it was written, so I'll bring that up then. I'll ask my question then. Oh, I was like not going to go... the concept of it. Oh, and the concept of actually what he wrote? Well, like, I, I'm just, I'm not surprised to hear that he's kind of, like, anti-science science, or at least not put money in science, because, like, the, the Jurassic Park is a standpoint that you should not be fucking with the world. Essentially. Okay. Okay, sorry. Is it like a science background, or is he just an author? Just an author. Oh, okay, cool. He just writes a cool, lot of science. So either way, his voice doesn't matter <laughs> yeah, when it so comes my, to science. So his opinion is wrong, because he doesn't exactly. have anything. Okay, yeah. cool. Anyways, uh, basically, Universal Studios actually bought the right to Jurassic Park before this book was even published in 1990. So, yeah. So the movie actually doesn't come out until 1993 with the original one. Universal Studios bought the rights in 1990 before based on a book in later of 1990. I mean, dinosaurs, dude. Yeah, which we'll get into the thing. Uh, so what is Jurassic Park, the concept? Or, excuse me, what is Jurassic Park, like the concept that he actually wrote this book on? So I'll go basically a brief thing. Basically, to summarize, it's a cautionary tale about genetic engineering to illustrate the mathematical chaos, or, excuse me, the mathematical concept of chaos theory and its real-world implications. And for those of you that do not know what chaos theory is, I'll do a little brief thing, which is actually pretty fun to have these conversations, but we don't have enough time for all this. So if we do another podcast on just chaos theory, that'd be awesome. But anyways. If anybody wants to come do a crossover episode with Matt on uh, chaos theory and uh, Ian Malcolm, feel free to let us know. Well, so anyways, um, basically chaos theory, to summarize, it's a branch of mathematics focusing on the behavior of dynamic, dynamical systems that are highly sensitive to initial conditions. Basically, it teaches us to expect the unexpected things, and it studies basically things we can't control or predict, kind of like with precision, kind of like the weather. Um, if you ever heard of the butterfly effect, that's also kind of in there based on things of basically you can change little small things of initial conditions that eventually have greater effects down the line so that you like may not Ashton see. like the Ashton Kutcher movie. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of the butterfly <laughs> effect, which is in here. I just wanted to see how you responded to me citing the Ashton Kutcher movie. Yeah, well, the first one wasn't bad. The other movies that went straight to DVD yeah. are awful. What's the other one? The Sound of Thunder? The Sound of Thunder, that I believe, amazing. is an amazing Wait, one. What? Huh? <laughs> there were other Yeah, there were like four. Movies? Yeah, there's like four was of them. Ashton Kutcher and all of them? No. no. I was about to say, like, what? I didn't yeah, even no, know there's there was literally, like, I think four. The second one's actually not that bad. No. For, for, for a straight-to-DVD movie, not that bad. I can't get past the dog scene in the first one, so I don't even want to know what's in the other ones. Yeah. Um, now I forget where I was going. Chaos theory. <laughs> but no, yes, The Sound of Thunder, is, a, I believe, is the other short story, which is actually really good. Yeah. The movie's not that bad. It's not amazing. It's just, just nowhere near the short story. The best part about that movie is towards the end when they realize that the whole goal is to have to reverse all this thing. And so they just know that like when people die, they just don't even care at the end. They're like, yeah. oh, they're coming back. And so people are just dying left and right, and they're just running off like, oh, I lost my family member. Screw them. we got to keep moving because they know the whole goal is to get back. But it's just kind of funny watching them as they progress because at first, the first death, they're like, oh, my gosh. And then by the third, like, oh, this person got eaten. We don't care at all. <laughs> That's the sad part one of the one takeaway I took away from that movie. <laughs> this episode's going to go very dark. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> not, not for me. Not for me. But anyway, so basically, as far as, uh, so that was the concept of Dress Apart, but basically the way the book starts off, billionaire John Hammond decides to build amusement or slash theme park slash zoo of genetically engineered cloned dinosaurs on an isolated island. 
he basically invites people out for a weekend to visit for reassurance after basically they have an incident that happens where the investors are spooked. And this includes Ian Malcolm, the math- mathemat- uh, mathematician, and Chaos Theorist, which everybody knows as Jeff Goldblum in the which, movie. Which, this, Ian Malcolm, is one of the best characters of anything ever. Mostly because he's Jeff Goldblum. Continue. Yeah, and uh, basically they go out to check it, and they find out that Dennis Nedry, basically Newman. I don't actually know. I don't, the know, guy. His I don't name. know the guy's actual name. I just call him Newman. I think Seinfeld. that's what everybody calls him because I don't. I'm know sorry, him other than Newman. but you're Newman. Uh, sabotages the power of the park while stealing frozen embryos, which leads to the dinosaurs getting out, and obviously the rest is history. Two things. My grandpa had the shaving cream can that he puts it in, and so I always like I got in a lot of trouble because I broke a couple of those, like trying to see if there was something in there. Um, secondly, every time I'd watch Seinfeld with my dad, I would ask if um, if they were gonna put Newman in jail or why is he alive. And then when my dad said that that's not the same person, so of course he's alive. A, a dinosaur didn't really eat them. Then I started asking if they're gonna put him in jail. Kind of akin to Adrian yeah, thinking so Samuel what, Jackson yeah, is really so dead. So I just want to like <laughs> say that two out of the three of us thought people actually got eight in that movie. That's how good this movie was and how like much I thought like actual dinosaurs were killing people. And I also thought that, because my grandpa had those things too, and I was like, that's cool, I can put stuff in it. Yeah. And that's not how that works. Um, <laughs> you actually can buy those, but they're mainly used for drugs. <laughs> yeah. Fun yeah. facts with that. <laughs> not wrong. Concussions, drugs, chaos theory. Yes. Okay, so that's basically where it starts off with and how the book is and where they basically Universal Studios had to work with and ran with. So it leads us to the Jurassic Park media franchise. While a little obscure, there is technically a universe in this whole thing. You just probably don't see it, which I'll talk about. Yeah. I just realized that although I did believe the dinosaurs were hurting people, it, I was not scared of them. I didn't believe that they would actually eat me. Yeah, I wasn't scared of him. I, I just, I was like, man, these actors are dedicated. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's some dedication right there. They signed up. To... <laughs> I wasn't I mean... scared. I mean, I wasn't scared. Like, I could walk outside. I don't see no dinosaurs. But I was like, man, I don't know where they did this or like what documentary this I'm watching. I actually thought legit. it was. I thought it was really cool when the guy got eaten off the toilet. Don't worry, that was the one thing that, that everybody was, like, laughed one about. One of my in favorite school. things growing up <laughs> was we cheered on how the guy got eaten off the toilet. I was sad about Samuel. Yeah, his arm just falls out. One, I did not actually realize that was Samuel L. Jackson until probably about like 10 years later. Yeah. Despite watching the movie, I've seen that movie at least probably about 35 times. I'm actually surprised we didn't watch it before this. I don't need to. I can probably do Uh, it. Yeah, this was was like one of my top 10 favorite movies, and I've watched it repeatedly when I was a kid. Even after I figured out the dinosaurs weren't actually eating people, it was still good after that. Yeah. So I guess I guess there's a reason my brother isn't my best friend. But like he was that in the third movie, is it the third or second movie where they have all the pterodactyls coming out? The third. The third one, yeah, that scared the shit out of him, and I told him it was real, and <laughs> that may be why we have some strain in our relationship. <laughs> He was terrified of dinosaurs. Which is actually, when you look at some of the studies they've done, it's actually very rare. Dinosaurs being scared of? No, kids not liking dinosaurs. Oh wow, that's actually weird. I actually have a friend on Facebook who 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 made a Facebook post. Before you share anything about Jurassic Park, please make it so that I can't see it because she's like deathly afraid of dinosaurs. No, I think they said almost like two thirds of children with uh, love um, <clears throat> from the studies they've done. Like I think it's almost 
Two-thirds, I want to believe, of children, like, love dinosaurs and find this very interesting concept in this high moments where they usually enjoy it for, like, you know, six months to about three years while they have this heightened, like, intense love for dinosaurs for some reason. That's really... I mean, they're and, big animals. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody ever go to, like, the Discovery Store and, like, play with the bones? They have, like, bones in the thing and you could be, like, an archaeologist and, like, brush them off. Can I talk about the actual media franchise now? Yeah, let's talk about because you can talk about Jurassic Park 3 yes. being a terrible movie. I know, that's what I'm saying. We, we will get there. so much. Yes. So anyway, the so Jurassic fun. Park media franchise, which apparently is a universe. The movie started in 1993, and now with the new reboot, basically um, present to the present day with Fallen Kingdom coming out, I believe, one day after this is released. <gasps> and we're going to see on... it tonight, because we have, or the day that this release, will be seeing it. Because this is our first time we get, like, press passes. Stefani has tickets for Tuesday. So where'd she get I'm the just, tickets for Tuesday? I have no idea. She's like, so, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see you Tuesday. I'm so gonna... I'm in a lot of drawings for Tuesday drawing, but they're not announced yet until, like, I think Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. So I'll find out, it. like, Saturday, Sunday. I told, I told her that Matt put the links in the in the thing, and when she checked it, that she could go see it, because she said that you didn't tell her. I'll cut this all out. That we had got it early. Oh, because I'd already gotten the tickets, like, when they first went on sale, because I uh, wanted the cup, because the cup looks dope. The cup looks open. The cup's already sold out. Yeah. Okay. Is this how it's going to happen now? <laughs> Y'all going to be all fired from the damn This podcast. is how it always happens on every episode. So, as I said, movies from 1993 to present with uh, Fallen Kingdom coming out, the newest Jurassic World 2 on June 22nd, pretty much a day before or day after this is released. There apparently are five movies out, including that newest one, with another one set to be released in 2021. Apparently, there are two trilogies set up. So now we have the OT, and we have the whatever they want to call the next trilogy thing, even Bobber. The ST. Sure. There you go. Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> so we start off with a movie, Jurassic Park 1993, with the um, everybody knows this one, Rotten Tomatoes score of 92, IMDb's of 8.1, which is apparently at this point amazing for IMDb. Yeah. Unless I feel like it should be higher on Rotten Tomatoes, though. Yeah, well, this is also, like, everybody backdating a lot of stuff, too. And then we have The Lost World, Jurassic Park in 1997, with a Rotten Tomato score of 63, IMDb of 6.5. I like that one a eh, lot. I hate that one. I love that I don't that hate one. it, but I don't really care I just for don't it. remember it, and it's never on TV. The next one we're going to talk about, I don't understand why this one keeps getting played on TV all the time. I so, the next one is Jurassic Park 3 in 2001. I hate this movie. I hate this movie a lot. And Rotten Tomatoes score 53, IMDb of 5.9. I it's annoying, and the I don't know. I'm trying to like remember the actress actress's name, but all she does is like scream, Alan, Alan, every five seconds <laughs> on a place filled with dinosaurs. Like, are you stupid? Like, I'm surprised she didn't get eaten in the first five minutes of that movie. See, that's why I like The Lost World because. Jeff Goldblum has already been there before, and it shows what happens when you do stupid things in the jungle with the people that are also there with them, and then Jeff Goldblum's gymnastics daughter is awesome. Jurassic Park 3 is just terrible. I don't understand why it gets played like on like TNT all the time, I compared don't... to like the other ones that are, like, compared to Jurassic Park, which is obviously better. Yeah. But this one, I see this one Less on royalty money? All of it, maybe. They probably, they probably get Lost or uh, Jurassic Park 3 at a cheaper price than the other two. Yes, which then lead to the kind of the reboot after 14 years, or the extended part, not the reboot, but I guess the extension of Jurassic World in 2015 with the Rotten Tomatoes score of 71 and IMDb of 7.0. 
And then, as I said, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World 2 coming out. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, and then apparently there is a Jurassic World 3 coming. I like Jurassic World, except there were, those kids were way more annoying than the kids in the first movie. Yes. So, we also apparently, they have a lot of video games we go, because we only talk about all of their media franchise, and there's actually kind of a lot of them. But it depends on how you count them and whether they're important. So I only <laughs> did a few of them because some of these I never even understood. And a lot of them are like random like PC games that you found back in the early 90s where you plugged in the floppy disk apparently or something like that. But the first one, Jurassic Park 1993 came out. Game for the Super Nintendo, which I've actually played this one. And then you had Jurassic Park 2, Chaos Continues in 1995. The Lost World Jurassic Park 1997, I don't remember that one. Apparently there was a Jurassic Park 3 game in 2001, which I don't recall. There's a bunch of very ones. I think there's another Operation uh, uh, one, which you kind of have the park building. Then you have Jurassic Park The Game in 2011. I played that one. Which is kind of the nearest one. Then you have the Lego Jurassic World in 2015. And then there's actually one that just came out the week before on June 6th. I guess get ready, Jurassic World Evolution, which is an RTS where you build your own park. Which is awesome. awesome, Which I've been watching and looks amazing. I saw Triceratops trample people yesterday. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then apparently people are like building their dinosaur stuff and then like letting their dinosaurs loose once they get it like filled in with people and letting their dinosaurs eat people. Well, one, apparently that's part of the goals and mission for security to test security. (laughs) See if they can stop dinosaurs? Yes. And sacrifice people. Well, if, you're not supposed movie. to. You're not supposed to let them actually eat the people, but sometimes mistakes I mean, happen. I would let them eat the. If it is a goat or a person, I'm gonna let them eat the people. Uh, they eat a lot of goats. Yeah, they eat a lot of goats. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've played. Now that I'm looking at this, I don't think I've played any of these. I Just put, the arcade like rail shooter, like where you sat. Yeah, and, you know, I remember that. Oh, one. that one's fun. Yeah, in the arcade. That's the only one that I remember like distinctly because those Raptors sucked. He said I like, didn't put that one in there, but there are a ton of like smaller yeah. ones. That just, I don't even know how much is actually part of the Jurassic Park. It yeah, just it's just crazy because it came because I was looking up the looking it up on Wikipedia to make sure I, I said the name right, and it came out in like '94, so it came out a year after Jurassic Park did, and it just stayed in like Peter Piper pizzas and you know. Chuck E. Cheese's like all this time and like hasn't gone anywhere. So it's crazy like how that arcade game is still relevant. Yeah. And then we have two short films which Kate mentioned uh, earlier. Lego, they're both Lego Jurassic Worlds and they have the Indominus Escape and Employee Safety Video. <laughs> employee Safety Video is so good. Yes. <laughs> I can put a clip of that in the show notes. And then apparently there have been some comic books as well. There have been two runs slash comic. I don't know whether these are comics or they're comic adaptations of, like, stuff. It's kind of weird because I think some of them are, like, 130 pages. It's really it could kinda... be a trade volume. Yeah, so I'm not really sure. So basically it was from 93 to 97, Tops did it, which they mainly did adaptations of Jurassic Park and the Jurassic World with obviously a few several tie-ins. Then IDW Comics from 2012. 10 to get technically the present yeah. mainly from 2010 to 2012 and then they took a hiatus but since with Jurassic World come back they've written more. Given the company names that you gave I'm gonna say that they're trade volumes because they probably did do a single issue print and Yeah then they're like trade paperbacks trades. but they're supposedly yeah. comics per se or something? Yeah like no they're still comic. comics so like you can go get like Ultimate X-Men and it's like 300 pages of like all of the X-Men individual comic books yeah. that have come out okay. over like the past 20 years. Yeah. So like they can like trade paperbacks can get really big. Like they're bigger than my trades but like that's yeah. just what it sounds like. Yeah I think IDW because we've talked about IDW before and they're the ones who do like the, the new Transformer comics. 
So I think they do a lot of like movie to comedy. Yeah, they did the yeah. Tomb Raider ones as well, yeah. I believe. Yeah, they also own the rights now from Tops. I believe Tops went under. Yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> so they own the rights if they want to reprint like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World or the Lost World and all. Um, and then obviously the one that I believe a lot of people should know surprisingly, Jurassic Park: The Ride was introduced in 1996. It's a water-based roller coaster ride at Universal Studios Hollywood, which obviously has opened other places. And it's actually closing this year on September 3rd of this year to be redone to be based on Jurassic World. So, getting to the but why though now. Um, basically, because I want to talk about this, I kind of want to do it quick. Because one, this franchise has been around, I guess, as a franchise. And so, I want to talk more about a lot of the other stuff of why it matters and explain everything. So, first part of but why though, it technically assess- yeah, it's technically a successful franchise. And I'm going to say this. Like you said, technically. <laughs> I'm going to say this as a yes and somewhat of a no. So I'm going to start with the good. So the good part is Jurassic Park as a movie franchise, it banks. It makes a lot of money. So basically for only having four movies out, remember four, because this is when we start reading the numbers here. It's 11th domestic highest franchise at $1.45 billion. Technically, it can be dropped down to 18th, depending on whether you include the 2013 3D release of Jurassic Park, which apparently was a thing that I completely forgot about. I don't even remember that at all. I know. Apparently, they put it back in the theaters for, like, I think a week or two, and then put it all in 3D. Obviously. Why why not just go to the Universal ride if you wanted it in real life? (laughs) Yeah, so apparently, depending on whether you count that money or not... Depends on whether they're like 11th or 18th. That's basically because number spots 10th through 18th are separated by like maybe $100 million, which in this day and age is not much. Yeah, if your movie doesn't make $400 million coming out and it's a blockbuster, yeah. you failed. Yeah. Um, they're actually 12th worldwide for the highest highest franchise at $3.84 billion, which, I mean, all these are nice money. You're like, oh, 10, 12. Like, they only have four movies. Like, the movies, like... There's only four. To say this, like, simplistically, like, right now, Jurassic World 2 makes $500 million domestically. It'll move it up to the sixth all-time highest-grossing franchise. Wow. And that's what's tight with five films, which the only ones being ahead of it will be Star Wars, which will have, like, nine or ten. The MCU has, like, 18. James Bond, 20-something. Harry Potter's got nine. All the Batmans. And it'll move up to, like, eighth, eighth worldwide. I mean, like, the only things that are really, like, competing, it's competing against are movies that have, like, Almost two or three more million or movies made. And James Bond has twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> so it also, yeah. So I mean, obviously, people love seeing these movies regardless. So like I said, for four, they got a lot of money. Um, the main thing about this thing is basically Jurassic Park, the movie, nineteen ninety three. Probably the main reason everybody's here to hear about this movie because this movie's been like groundbreaking. It's had so many things involved. So at the time, it was the number one all-time highest-grossing movie, which is actually funny for two reasons. One, it only opened in 2.5K theaters, which is really? actually, it's actually about 2K less than what the average these days. That's tiny. That's tiny. And the funny thing was it only grossed $47 million opening weekend. Also very tiny. <laughs> but it also stayed in the top five for basically nine weekends in a row. And it actually only had three weekends where it was number one. So basically, it was just a completely strong contender without being a thing. And for those of you like, oh, what does that mean? Black Panther wasn't even in the top five for that many weeks in a row. Yeah. And that was considered, like, a phenomenon for, like, this huge thing of movies. Yeah. So, 
It was also, I don't know if it was technically the first, but from what I found, it was like the first, but definitely the most like notable one. It was the first to actually make more money worldwide than domestically. Because people love dinosaurs. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And this is also like 1993, which yeah. is like considered one of the best years for movies ever. Yeah. Is and, it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 93, 94, like what else that comes out? range. Um, I can look it up. It's really weird not being on my computer like look all this stuff up before I bring it up. Um, but yeah, that's super crazy. Like nine weekends in a row. What what month did it come out? Do you do you know? Oh, I looked this up and now I can't remember. Um, I think it's June actually, if I remember correctly. I believe it's actually June. I think it just came out like four days ago. I think it's June eighth. Yeah, because it, it, it's uh, they had their twenty five year anniversary recently, which we probably sh- I probably should have mentioned in the June eleventh. My bad. Yeah, June eleventh. I think it's 1994 It's like the big year But this is like Still the same year As Schindler's List uh, Um, Groundhog Day uh, Matt's favorite movie Rudy um, Hocus Pocus Things like that So there are like It's the Sandlot So there are movies out there It sounds like there's also A lot of movies And they were bringing Families into the theater Yeah a lot of There are a lot lot of family movies Cool Runnings a lot of good movies <laughs> in 93. Out of all the time we're in When we adjust for inflation all time domestically, this is the 17th overall movie, which it may not seem low, but it's also where I get to this whole thing where we get mad about numbers. But basically, <laughs> besides Titanic with 1997, Avatar 2009, and The Force Awakens, when you look adjusted for inflation, it is like literally the only recent movie, meaning... Out of all the movies that's ahead of it, the other 16 movies, three are from the 80s, and the rest are, like, 70s and 60s movies, besides those three movies. Like, it's just kind of amazing, like, this and Titanic, just how they stand so to test of time a lot of things. And even at this point now, becoming Avatar, of, like, how much they actually grossed. I mean, and I think both movie, both of those movies you mentioned, not Avatar, uh, age well. Yes, I, I rewatched Avatar. It did not age well. It's boring. It is. It's long. It's, it's so very bad. long. Well, it's not. It it it's long, but it's it's long because it's boring because it is about the standard length for like other stuff that we've talked about on the show. Yeah. So um twenty. It's actually the number twenty six worldwide all time. Uh, it was actually or excuse me twenty eighth. It was twenty six before Infinity War and Black Panther came out in twenty eighteen. So. I'm just going to move away from movies for right now because basically looking through all these numbers, you can start looking at everything. Basically, if you came out in the last three years, you're pretty much probably one of the highest grossing movies because of inflation and because of how high movie ticket prices are. And just so looking. So if you're going to cheer about freaking records or shit, then you suck because you didn't do anything. I mean... I think clearly Infinity War and Black Panther did something. Cause well, they I know, it but, the pro- but the problem I have with this is when you start actually looking at tickets sold, they are so far down. Like, people are not going to the movies, but we're setting record-setting movies and passing so, all these icon movies literally because we have such high ticket prices. So what The you're actual saying- price to go see Jurassic Park for the average movie during this time was $4. So what you're saying is that cents. we shouldn't, for like movie success, we shouldn't be looking at box office mon- money, but box office ticket sales. Well, for one, you probably should anyway, but to me it's almost one of those, I think it says more about your movie if you don't make any money at this point. Yeah. Because you're basically, with the way blockbusters are and the way some of these franchises are, if you don't make money, 
says me more about your movie has a problem than I do with you coming out shooting out making five hundred million because it's at this point between like Infinity War, Black Panther, Star Wars, you're pretty much almost guaranteed that. I mean, Deadpool made one hundred twenty-eight million its first week as an R-rated film, so yeah. Yeah, I just don't think money's a good indicator. Yeah, anymore. and I always just go back to like you can chat about money all you want, but Fast and Furious has three that like top. 15 grossing movies of all time. Like, it's not an indicator of, like... So, Fast and the Furious and this franchise are actually really close. It's yeah. always Except weird. before you adjust for inflation. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. But worldwide, it actually gets up there. But then again, like I said, Fast and Furious also has, like, three movies on it. It's always yeah, exactly. weird, because I never know if Adrian's going to pull that stat out as, a, like, a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know where that punch is coming from when he pulls I out. I think it's... I think it's... <laughs> I mean, I don't mean... It can go both ways. Like, I'm just like, when people are like, oh, it's amazing because it made this much money. Like, it's an amazing movie because it made this much money. I was like, no, it's just a fun movie that a lot of people are going to go back and rewatch. Like, it's not winning any Oscars. Why? I'm sorry. Because the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it's, it's just dumb. And people like blockbuster popcorn movies. And people will go to see those. People are going to go watch, you know, a sad movie in the theater... It's just not. It's not the same. It's not comparable. Um, but a movie like this that stays like in the top for nine weekends is a big deal. Like yeah. I, I think Matt's right. We should be looking at kind of more. I think we should be looking more or less like how long can they sustain people going to the movie and watching it that when so sense. little people yeah. are actually going to the movies. Which also leads to a different shift in culture we talked about because as much as we say nine, like Titanic and Avatar actually held like the number one spot for like fifteen straight week and fifteen and sixteen straight weekends yeah like just that is so unheard of of even like movies apparently are in the movie theater for four or five months from what i look up but they're done within like two or three weeks yeah and it's just crazy the way they've moved and shifted obviously this year we had a lot of influx with the really close things but even on your average given year how fast things just cycle out super yeah fast. i can't even think of like i don't even if you like ask me like, what is the last movie to stay in the theaters at number one for nine weeks it probably would have to like go back to like Avatar because I can't think of something that had that that long sustainability that people kept going back and watching it over and over and over again. Yeah, and it yeah. stayed number one given, like Matt was saying, like the blockbusters that come out basically all the time. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that this did, even at its like low opening, it just the numbers don't make sense of like how. Well, what I'm saying that's what's yeah. so weird about how high this is and how much the movie is. It only had three weekends at number one, but it just stayed in that top five range and like top yeah, two, three, crazy. like every weekend it was like oh we're all gonna go see this we're just not gonna go see it more than the new one if you're listening to this right now which you probably are because you listen to my voice you need to let us know if you want a math moment with matt because i feel like the last few episodes it's been matt and numbers and matt either getting mad about numbers or telling people how numbers are stupid well, it's a good thing though because like i don't know this well, it's a, I think the movie thing just really makes me mad, especially this day and age, because literally I think out of the top, like, 15 to 25 movies of all time with, by box office, they all came within the last four years. And if you're going to tell me all the greatest movies came within the last four years, I'll call you a liar. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> especially when every year you read that pick, tick, people going to the movies is decreasing, not by, like, 1%, but, like, 3 yeah. 5% It's rolling off a year. really fast. Continually, too. Yeah. And that's like why the not... ticket prices go up. Yeah, and that's why it's like, oh, well, it made this much money. Well, of course it did. It could cost $30 to go to the movies. It's not hard. That's not even an exaggeration. Like I said, we can literally <laughs> go see this movie at 1993. You could have bought, you could have taken your whole family to see this movie for the price it is to see Infinity War based on the tickets when I looked in the inflation numbers. 
But but another thing that sets us apart compared to all these movies we talked about moving on, it actually won 39 awards. It was nominated for 25 other nominations, and it actually went three for three in Oscars. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> because dinosaurs. <laughs> which obviously everybody talks about here, which we'll get into in a second, uh, that won for best sound, best sound effects, and best visual effects. So like the standard genre awards. Yeah, which is basically why this movie stands apart as much as it's good for the story or whatever in the dinosaurs is, as we kind of mentioned, the visual and sound effects for this are considered revolutionary and groundbreaking for its time. And who was that composer? You can tell me, because I'm not saying this, because y'all wouldn't let me do another episode. <laughs> no, because we had Adri- to do this. <laughs> Adrian wouldn't let you do it. I was just saying that the hierarchy of composers is obvious and apparent given the awards that they've won is all I was trying to say. And who is this person? John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever said John Williams. Oh, sorry. I thought <laughs> Matt said John Williams. No, Matt said I will not say that name. Yeah, John, this soundtrack is amazing. Like, yeah. it's it's like an iconic I, Hans Zimmer's amazing, but like... <laughs> I'm not going to argue against the soundtrack. The Gates to Jurassic it's Park, just, that song that's playing and comes on, like... It's just iconic, and like and you play that, you play that in like a, a mall or something, and people are gonna know instantly what it is and like yeah. where it's from just because of the sound and then like the visual effects that are associated with the sounds. Like you said, like the opening of the doors and like welcome to Jurassic Park. Yeah, it, it's just it's just really good. Wait, say that into the mic. Uh, no, um, I'm actually kind of surprised that there weren't any like supporting actor nominations or anything. Genre which actually, yeah. I read an entire thing, which we'll kind of go into thing, was the funny thing about this, which I guess I'll skip. Uh, well, we're talking about the effects. I go to the effects before I go to the whole white yeah, yeah, part. No so basically, I said it was groundbreaking and revolutionary. They ended up with the most real. Basically, a lot of people said they ended up with the most realistic dinosaurs audiences have ever seen at the time. And have seen to this day. Yeah, they used a combination of animatronics and fully computer, com- fully computer generated creatures. Um, the funny thing is, we talked about, um, I mentioned Dennis Murin, the guy who worked on the visual effects. Mm-hmm. He said he actually wasn't aware of the time that he was making, when he was making the movie, like how good this was going to be. And I wanted to bring this up because apparently there was a whole uh, thing. Um, yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Anyway, so Dan Murin, one of the guys working on the visual effects, who ended up being like a legendary visual effects guy, said at the time he wasn't aware of like how good they were making this movie when they were making this movie. And he actually said, in, uh, I guess I can do the quote, but he actually did an interview basically for The Hollywood Reporter or whatever, where he calls working on Jurassic Park, and George Lucas himself basically showed up and, you know, and... Dennis was like, hey, I hope, you know, I was hoping someday we could work on something, you know, like I love your stuff. I was hoping, you know, that someday we could work on something like 2001, A Space Odyssey or whatever, you know, because like, how good, what that renowned for. And basically George said, you don't know it now, but you're already working on basically something revolutionary. That's really cool. So basically George Lucas already knew this was going to be history before thing. So why didn't he use a lot more animatronics and practical effects in the prequels after this? Don't know what happened. I don't know what happened there, but this was also 1993, and they're actually, basically a lot of people changed the way they did their, a lot of their effects with future movies coming out. I know, but it's sad because, like, I think Jurassic Park, like Jurassic Park and the original Star Wars, but mostly Jurassic Park, is one of those things that really makes me like get sad that we have so much cg now like i mean the cg is so good now a lot of it looks real but like back then like there is a picture of them leaning up against 
a freaking dead Triceratops and it looks real. Like whoa, 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 whoa. he wasn't dead. No, she wasn't dead. Okay. She was just very sick. Okay. The very Don't sick you put Triceratops. <laughs> the very sick Triceratops. And like I like as a kid, I never thought that I couldn't go to Jurassic Well, I mean I did because they like the the dinosaurs roaming around the island probably eat people. But like <laughs> It, it was real. Like, I think that's why Jurassic Park is such a cornerstone in people's childhoods is because of the visual effects. Like, it, they weren't cheesy and they weren't overdone. And I want to go back to that. Guillermo yeah. del Toro, blazing the trail, going back to it. But you, you, you gotta admit, watching Chris Pratt, like, try to control motion-captured people playing as raptors is pretty hilarious. It is. It's so bad. I hate seeing stuff with, like, the green screens before the renders. I hate it. It ruins so many things. Except for Doctor Strange, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, like, getting tossed around without, like, the oh, background. Yes. It, yes. It, they photoshopped him into a water park. It was good. So what also helped ha- happened on this movie was Steven Spielberg and them invested in basically the creation of DTS, kind of what we know today, which is a company specialized in digital surround sound formats and audio. So basically that's how this whole thing came about. What's because of this movie? Was this like the first movie to do it? Is that what you're saying? Or like this is just like when they started playing around with it? Um, as far as I know, the whole DTS company itself was basically made from this movie. Which makes sense, because the sound work, like, not even just the movie, but the sound work in this is, like, amazing. Because I know that, like, the T-Rex roar is a mixture of, like, five different yep. animals. They just grabbed a bunch of animals and start throwing them together what they got. And it's, yeah, like, it. Which kind of goes now to the next part of why this movie was crazy, because it's one, not only with the effects and everything, but also, like, kind of the marketing and the strategy behind this movie. So, one, they spent an insane amount of marketing on this movie. To say, basically, they spent $65 million marketing alone. And basically, including 100 licensing deals and they with all the toys. Which may not seem like a lot, but if you do the inflation, basically, they spent $113 million in today's money marketing this movie alone. Compare this to, like, some things, like, the average, I believe I found it, like, the average marketing for, like, a movie is maybe, in this age, like, $30 million dollars. That's from like 2015 numbers, I believe. Yeah. The average marketing for a ninth in the 90s, if I remember correctly, was like four million dollars. <laughs> like the prequels, the Phantom Menace, and all them, they didn't even like the War of the Ring pump. They didn't even they spent maybe 50 million dollars in marketing. Wait, this is more than the prequels. Marketing wise, and the prequels had like Jar Jar yes. Binks cups. Yes, that's what I'm saying. This is why Holy it was shit. like this is like no other like the marketing and how much money they spent was like no other of the time. We don't think about it now because how much people just throw around money, but for the time and even now compared to a lot of stuff, this was a shit ton of money for marketing. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It kind of falls like to their thing today because if you go watch like any commercial that's out right now. What at least one out of the three of them are going to be about Jurassic World? Like, can you be a car commercial, and they're going to spin it into a Jurassic World commercial? The World Cup has commercials that are like Jurassic World related. So, like, it follows. Jurassic World <laughs> has commercials for other companies no. inside Jurassic World. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. Oh god, we didn't even talk about that about how 
dumb that was. But yeah, it, it, it makes sense that they're like super marketed heavy, even like today. Yeah, like I said, I don't know about today's numbers. I'm trying to find the actual marketing budget. So a lot of companies don't like Company, to release. Yeah, they don't. They don't like, they don't like to release that. Yeah. But they to wrap find, it into their overall. Yeah, 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 yeah. But from like what we found here, from the few that I found, and there's actually apparently a few papers out there, like actual study papers, which they did the money. We'll try to know how much the War of the Rings, and they did all the early, they got all the budget number for all the early 2000 movies. I'm just surprised about the prequels because there were fucking like there were Jar Jar Binks cups. And they spent only maybe Binks 50 million dollars, and this is in 2001. God. This movie spent 65 million dollars, and that's in 1993. I'm like mad that I wasn't older when this movie came out. Because I could have gotten so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, which kind of leads to the thing, because when they kind of did it, they're also one of the first movies, especially if we talked about some of the movies there. Maybe not the first, but, like, from what I saw, it was kind of changing in the early 90s. I don't remember a lot of the movies. But they were the first to go away from, like, your high, big-name actors, and they wanted to focus more on the dinosaurs and the actual people in there. Yeah. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. I was just waiting for us to get back to it, because, like, I go watch this to see, like, humans in... It's kind of like what I want for like my Transformers. Like why I go watch, why I used to go watch Transformers movies. Uh, now you I was watch sad it from Mark to Mark. Yeah, now I watch it from Mark to Mark. But before, like I wanted to see Transformers interact with people, and when I want to go watch these movies, I want to go see dinosaurs interact with people. Now it's more for Chris Pratt now. I guess. Well, the funny thing is, like the big names, quote unquote, big names they had weren't even the big parts of the movie. Like Samuel L. Jackson, which yeah, exactly. I didn't even know. Uh, Richard Attenborough yep. was. Mm-hmm. I mean, played John Hammond, but I mean, wasn't like in the main you thing. Mean David Attenborough. No, Richard. Richard Attenborough. Yeah. Is he related to David Attenborough? I, that I, I was. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to look up. But I want to believe so, but no, Richard Attenborough, like a huge yeah. film person. Yeah. No, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, and then I went. And, I went up to go look like the 1994 Oscars and like Schindler's List. Philadelphia and piano basically like sweep everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the fugitive basically like sweep everything in the Oscars. I mean, Jeff year. Goldblum was also kind of a thing at this point, at least in from like the horror world. But as I'm saying, he still wasn't like super. No, no, big. he wasn't gonna. Like, I mean, I'm sure he didn't take home a giant check. Now he probably does. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that T Rex probably took home a bigger check than anybody in this <laughs> yeah. movie. Rexy, Rexy's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> That's her. That's her name. <laughs> I, I I know it's her name. I, I know Rexy. it's her name. So going from Jurassic Park, we'll go with a little more of the good of kind of Jurassic World because it was the first movie we had in 14 years. It broke the record for opening weekend, set by Avengers. It broke a billion dollars. Obviously, because we just talked about the movie numbers, that movie that record's been broken not once but twice at this point. I think. Yeah. yeah. In but, the same year. Yeah, but the first movie part. people were hyped. They got them out. They see it. The movie, it is what it is. But yeah, considering that's basically about the good of this. Like, how much accolades and what Jurassic Park, the original movie, and the groundbreaking stood for that, that's what's crazy about this franchise. Which we get into the bad of, besides outside Jurassic Park, the rest of the movies are pretty bad, especially critically. The next one is Jurassic World, which is a 71 and a 7.0. It's the that next is highest a good rate. movie. Next rate, highest rated movie. The Lost World. And especially Jurassic Park 3 are rated pretty poorly, as we mentioned earlier. The Lost World is a good movie. And it wasn't and that, it it wasn't that great. It is Jeff Goldblum with his family. It it's wasn't. Th- I mean, those are bad because uh, I mean, both of them are about, like, family stuff. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about, like, lost people in in the thing. I want to see dinosaurs. Well, I, I that, think that's why, why Jurassic Park does so well is because, like, it's like the mystery kind of a world yeah. building of, like, how they did it. And then, like, seeing that animals break out is, like, this new and 
fascinating thing. Be the liberated, other, yeah, Adrian. I, yeah, they're being liberated. The the other <laughs> ones are just like going to find people and, and like you're okay, in the, the lost, dinosaur the world now. I'm just like the come lost on. world. You're not doing that. The Lost World, it's less, like, I think at the end, uh, there's more of it than the first one, but not as much as the third one, because I do agree the third I one hate is the third shit, movie. because I don't care about that little boy, I, I don't hate care about movie. anything. Yeah, that's the biggest disappointment But I love life. The Lost World, because you, you have damn dinosaurs on the actual, in a city, and stuff like that. I it's care. just such don't like, care about it, though. It's just such a dumb concept. Leave like, it alone, Adrian. Unless you're gonna put them in a city with fighting Transformers, I don't wanna see dra- I don't wanna see I wanna see them like city. smashing things. I can go watch Godzilla for that. I wanna see like these <laughs> dudes in their habitat yeah, pretty much chilling. And even the early reviews so far for Jurassic World aren't looking pretty as now. I'm not gonna mention the reviews or stuff that's out right now because obviously it hadn't been released to the public and everything else, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought Jurassic World was fine. It I mean, just, it was fine. Well, I didn't think it was horrible. Just, the story was just kind of dumb. Those <laughs> kids were annoying. And, like, I've made it very clear that I don't like kids in my movies on this podcast. However, rewatching the first Jurassic Park, I love those kids. They're so yeah. curious. And, like, they want to know things. And the ones in Jurassic World are annoying. They don't even want to be there. They weren't even, like, my least favorite part of that. And they my, got their babysitter killed. My least favorite part of the movie was, like, the general dude who's, like... Because they try to, like... I can, you can see, like, where they're going. They're trying to, like... Kingpin? Yeah, the, the, I, I, can't <laughs> remember, I can't remember the actor's name. Vincent, Vincent D'Onforio. Yeah, like, you can see that they're just trying, and Matt talked about this before, like, they just, like, do movies to make more movies, and you can tell that he's only there because of stuff that's gonna happen in, yeah. like, future movies, so, like, his part is just dumb. Like, I just wanna see Chris Pratt chill with Blue. Like, is that is that so much to ask? I did like him getting eaten by raptors, though. Yeah, like, but, like, the whole, like, his back, like, of his story of the organization yeah. that he represents, it's just dumb, and just kind of felt, like, forced... Well, and bringing, like, the Asian guy back to, like, say, like... No, that was cool. I liked that, because they actually explained why you get different dinosaurs. Well, well yes, I get that. And why which, they weren't correct. Sorry. Which also leads... Kind of the next point that I want to say, which is the bad, is apparently the world building. Yes, that's really bad. while through the <laughs> OT, where you see a few recurring characters, like Sam O'Neill come back for Grant, even though Adley and him not... Making, that is the worst making, thing. Oh, that's so bad. Or Ellie. Is it Ellie or Ellie? Adley? It's yeah, Ellie. Ellie and Alan should have been together. Yeah, but anyways, you see those recurring a little bit. Jeff Goldblum plays in the first two. Apparently, they all take place in the same universe, but they really don't, all the movies themselves don't really feel connected at all. I just want to know how everybody is still so stupid when it comes to dinosaurs when it has been happening for years. Yeah. There's a lot of it lost information. All this goes on. Jurassic World kind of brings a little brings people up back to speed, but not a lot. They kind of do a lot of homage to the original movie, which is awesome. But there's so much lost for all of this homage, whatever. There's so much homage to the original movie. <laughs> so much hummus. Yeah, hummus. Hummus, hummus is gross. <laughs> um, but there's still a lot of missing information. You still don't really know all this stuff. Even with, like, the new trilogy or whatnot, like you said, with the other character brought back, which and you've brought all these other people back, you really, besides seeing the thing in the first movie, you don't know what the heck they've been doing. Ian Malcolm yeah. should have been in Jurassic Well, apparently World. he's in Jurassic World 2, but like I said, they don't have everything coming back thing, which actually apparently really sucks even more, because if you actually read the outside material in the actual universe and what people put together, and like you said, the first two books, which actually kind of bridge the whole first part... 
it's actually pretty good, and you actually see all the characters, how they fit together, and how the islands actually fit together, and you actually learn they're actually on different islands. Okay, yeah, so, like, well, I mean, the, you do learn that they're on different islands in the movies. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, you don't see it. Don't you don't remember. actually really see it yeah, in Yeah, and it's much. not said enough for me to know. All I know is Isla Nubar is the new one, but I don't know what the other ones are called. One, yeah. they think that both of them start with an I. One's, like, Isaba, I believe. Yeah, and also just like like for the new one, I like I don't know if it's like a social commentary thing. If like if this was in the future, like everything would be Verizon, and they would just call it like Verizon stores, like to be like funny. But then they just like hit you with was like Mercedes, yeah, like Mercedes everything. Yeah. Like no one wants a Mercedes SUV thing thrown in their face the whole movie. So it's just yeah. So they're off the coast of Costa Rica. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Uh... Which one you're kind That's of the original one. So Isla Nubar's. The well, it's original one. and where Jurassic World takes place. Yeah. Uh, Isla Sorna is the other one. And there's a third one, but I don't know what that's called. Oh yeah, yeah. Isla, um, Isla Nublar and Isla Sorna are the only ones that are popping up. So. And there's more than that. There's some on the more. Oh, Isla. I told you, there's actually a, quite a few oh, okay, islands. yeah. Um, Isla Sorma, Isla Tacaño, Isla Mataceros. I guess those are just, like, the actual existing islands in, like, in off of Costa Rica. But anyways, you basically, between this stuff, you get... You know, you kind of learn if you actually read the stuff. You can see all the islands and whatnot. Which one I wasn't, I knew I wasn't sure if these islands actually existed when I was a kid, and so that was the thing. But you actually, I swear, I swear, like, look how much mystery this movie created. I think why the first one is so good because it's so immersive. Is it real? Is it not real? Like, this, are these places? Are this like actual islands? Are they filmed these in actual places? Well, like, actually, lead to my next fun story. I've actually visited and been actually at the scene of where they filmed the first Jurassic Park, and where they're actually running through the field and they hide behind the stick. The giant stick. I've actually oh, been there. Oh, did they? Did you find Samuel Jackson's arm? No, I didn't no. see the arm, but I have actually been there <laughs> and drove in ATVs on there. Another fun Jurassic Park fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you actually learn what that company is, InGen, how they made the thing, how they managed to make the amusement parks, and how all the stuff fits together. If you actually go aside to read all the stuff, but problem is you don't get any of that in the movies. Yeah. Once again, don't put it in a book, or don't have like if it's in a book, put it in your movie. I don't know how to. How well, especially like this with this many, like many movies, yeah, like, the there's no excuse. You have six movies planned. Like you couldn't have put in engine stuff yeah. in like three movies ago. Like why yeah. did you wait so long? Like I said, because as much as you like the Lost World, I was turned off by the Lost World because it kind of just completely felt so completely detached. From oh, Jurassic it World. was. It really, really was. It and I was just kind of really like, did they just pay Jeff Goldblum to come back, and that was it? Because why is everything? And then I was like, where's Grant at? Grant just disappeared this whole time comes back in the third one. Yeah, we tried to act like that existed. <laughs> Alan! I still really want us to cosplay Alan and Ellie. Just saying. Yeah. Also, fun fact, Matt's done work in paleobotany, and Ellie is a paleobotanist. Yes. So Matt's gonna be Ellie? No. When I rewatched it, that was the first thing I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's kind of the bad parts of this whole thing. So they are successful. They make a lot of money doing stuff, but there's a lot of like flaws and plot holes and weird stuff that goes on. Which it's kind not of, a good franchise. Overall. Yeah, yeah. But we to the next part of like kind of like another but why though of dinosaurs, which we kind of met. People just love dinosaurs. 
which I think is why everybody shows up and it makes a ton of money, and we don't really care whether there's a plot because there's freaking dinosaurs everywhere. Just make something really big. So basically, like I said, from basically the Flintstones early time to basically your pets and everything, people just love dinosaurs and people just will show up to see dinosaurs, especially young children and young people, which is actually weird considering the series is actually semi-family slash semi-horror genre, especially the first movie. Yeah. The- yeah. <laughs> Adrian is... <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just like thinking of like the when they're, they're on the highway and like the kids are literally holding up a piece of glass with T-Rex doesn't eat them. Like that's... That seems it's pretty terrifying. terrifying. Well, actually, the funny thing is, I believe it's the second movie opens up with a little girl gets eaten by all the little compies. Yep. But they don't actually show it. I don't think <laughs> yeah. people realize know it. Do you realize, know I, remember I, that? I don't remember. Yeah, you don't. That. Yeah, you, unless you're paying attention, you, you don't. Rec- you don't realize family. it. You're right. Yes. But they don't see it. You don't. It, but they don't. You, but you, you, you know, know what happens. You know but that they child But they they played it off just enough. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, that's messed up. But it's just funny because people like kids and. Kids love this and everything else and fascinated. Not but my brother, because he saw it as a horror movie. <laughs> Which is actually funny because it leads to another Jurassic Park fun thing. Of, I actually was not allowed at the time to actually go see this movie in theaters. And it took me a year later to actually see this movie. Because between which parent you have at the time depends whether you can see a PG-13 movie, depending on your age, <laughs> or the other parent who says you can see PG-13 but not R. Or you just have another parent who dictates over the other parent of family dynamics. But I actually did not actually see this in theaters or whatnot. It wasn't until about a year later to when I saw this movie. Which is mm-hmm. real. That makes me, like, what was, like, when they made this movie, who was their audience? Like, were they going for adults to tap into, like, that piece of them that wanted There were that? so many kid toys that it was so weird from a lot of the marketing well, There's so many kids' toys for everything now. Well, I know, but I, considering it was a horror-like type maybe movie, uh, it was, like, marketing a lot of, like, kid toys and everything to sell dinosaur stuff. I don't know, maybe it was just, maybe they just, like, struck a good balance of, like, like, hey, we know we're going to get kids in there with dinosaurs, but we're also going to make a compelling story that, yeah. of, you know, this is and how we... And show a guy getting eaten on a toilet yeah, and show a severed arm. Exactly. Like, this is how we're going to make, this is how we made dinosaurs. Like, look at this, you know, fantastic world. But there's dinosaurs, so you know kids are going to be, you know, butts and seeds, obviously. Which I think yeah. if it played into this whole thing of why it wasn't rated R, because of, like, how they, since they used dinosaurs, if I remember yeah. correctly. It's, all, it's also a different time, too. Like, if you put, like, a severed, bloody arm in a movie now, like, that's not PG-13, I don't think. Well, I, like I said, I think depending no, on which... No, it is. is it? Yeah. yeah. It, like I said, they were able to get away, if Standards I remember Standards have for, gotten laxed as time yeah. goes on. But they also, like I said, I think here... I'm, no, I can't remember. There actually was a thing of like why it wasn't actually rated R. You know, it had to do with basically because dinosaurs were not actual people. Yeah. And was actually killing them so and like, everything. Re- Rexy has feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you put a severed arm in a movie with humans and you know a human made that arm severed, then it's an R-rated, like, horror movie. If you show a lot of blood, that bumps up a rating. If the blood is blue... That cuts it down. It goes back down. It is no longer an R movie, which is why the MCU uses different colored blood for things, if you've ever noticed. That makes sense. Yeah. It, yeah. It's weird. Mm. It also works on taxes, too. So, like, X-Men dolls or technic mutants are not humans because to be a human, it would be a doll and they would have to pay more on taxes. So they conceded, Marvel as a company conceded, that the X-Men were not, in fact, humans. That means toys that made us. Yes, there's a lot of weird <laughs> stuff happening. Um, but yeah, so basically, kind of like what we talked about, like people loving dinosaurs is like the mystery of it, the history of it. We have, you've ever been to museums, you've seen the skeletons, you've seen bones, and just captivate people. And so, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know why, but people love them, they see them. 
I'm pretty much going to go see the second movie, even though it looks like it's going to be awful. It is about a boy and his dog, Matt. It looks like it's going to be terrible, but I'm going to go see there for the dinosaurs. I don't know. They shot two different trailers, so I don't know what this movie's going to be about. But That's another thing. I don't even know a thing. That's about how bad the... I'm just there for Chris Pratt and, and dinosaurs. Um, I actually have no idea who else is in the movie, but I'm just there for Chris Pratt and him watching him interact with anything is fun for me, so <laughs> I'm down. I had, I don't remember if it was a Jurassic Park book or just like a regular like learning book, but it was really cool and my mom didn't want to get it to me because she thought I wasn't going to be afraid, but my dad was like, no, get it for her, she'll love it. And it was a book that you would open up and it would take apart like layers of the dinosaur. So like you'd have like the top dinosaur and it was the entire dinosaur and then it'd take off the skin and then it'd take off the muscle and then you'd like go through and learn about like the systems of like that are inside the dinosaur and like what it ate and all that stuff it was really cool it looked really creepy and i found that book at my parent at my parents house when they were moving i was like why did you buy this this is actually a very scary book yeah i mean i learned a lot about like science and genetics in general just from watching the first movie for sure they do an entire breakdown of dna in their first thing yes but I was trying, I was to, trying to transition I know you Matt, were, she went, we, she, we got it, Matt. We, yes. we were on the same page. We were on the same page. Which kind of leads to the next <laughs> I part. I don't of, read the notes. Which kind of leads to the next part of genetic engineering. And I guess we can leave with the Ian Malcolm quote, because I knew we had to put one in here, even though we probably could have done many of many. Oh, uh, I'm going to put them in here. <laughs> your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think whether they should. And basically, this is the whole concept of basically the idea that Jurassic Park could be a reality. Life finds a way, Matt. Yeah. So one, we do not at this moment have the technology. So we've been able to extract DNA from these fossils and kind of like even the bugs that they kind of show. And the funny thing is that people want to say never. It's not never because we just don't have the technology. So there's so many fragments, and unfortunately, the way they are, it gets fragments smaller, 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 to eventually if you get too small, we can't put it all back together. But yeah, so to say this would never happen is wrong but to say we can do it now is wrong <laughs> so yeah. we don't have the technology but to say we never will eventually we won't why we save a lot of stuff in science and whatnot um but what we have been doing so it's never a no in science you never use never you always never use never or always or wait <sighs> never use never or always or always I remember how it goes. Damn it. Shit. Oh, well. Bad scientists. Leave things open. Anyways, you don't <laughs> Anyways, you don't ever say never and always in science. For the it's part. like, so it's essentially, if you, if you haven't exhausted all possibilities, then it's not impossible. So you can't say something is impossible until you've done all things. Yeah. Like I said, eventually, maybe in 20 years, we could end up like Jurassic World. We don't know because we just haven't done I want to be there. But what we have done, which is cool, is this nice thing kind of known as like the extinction and basically re- Reverse engineering genes. Well, one, kind of two different things. We've been kind of re reverse engineering genes, in which basically they've been taking birds. As anybody haven't, if you if you saw the movie, you learned, and obviously we've learned more and more. And that way they kind of explain Jurassic World a little bit. Which why didn't understand why people got mad about some of the stuff is um they actually look more with feathers and everything. So but they've been taking embryos and everything from chickens and birds, and they've actually been like opening and shutting off and returning on genes to give them more of their old dinosaur looks. So they've actually done this with beaks, feet, and legs so far, where they make them kind of look like dinosaurs. And that is so disturbing, but, like, really cool, and I want to see one. Are there any pictures of them? I'm sure you can look them up. There's papers on this, like, no other, because it's been basically a giant debate, which we'll kind of get it. Peter's coming for our podcast. So- which, <laughs> which we'll get into the next section thing, but just talking about the things of, like, 
to the extent, pretty much one day we might be able to re reverse engineer a, basically a chicken into a meat-eating copy. So all I'm hearing you say is that all of those children who love Jurassic Park are now adult scientists, and this is what they're doing. Possible. <laughs> Plausible. Because yeah. like so, I, I know you have everyone here about like the mammoths. I know like that's been like a huge thing of like whether or not they should be yeah, messing so, with that. So, I'm all for it. Bring back the mammoths. So, I see giant-ass mammoths. <laughs> so which kind of leads to the next part because I kind of mentioned them both together. So the first part was reverse engineering, which can li- lead to what is basically known and as you mentioned, the mammoth, de-extinction, where you bring back. So they actually have mammoth-like DNA. So being able to, like, petri dish your way to a mammoth. So have the question, have they actually, like, have they saved, like, DNAs of the white rhinos? So they're, they're extinct now? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, they I'm, saved I'm DNAs. Sure. I'm sure they so, do. Like, they, still have they, DNA, they still have smallpox put away somewhere. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, from a <laughs> conservation standpoint, why are they not de-extincting? white rhinos because that last male died which i guess if you (laughs) well for one it's a little hard to do considering they haven't fully i don't think made the process which is why we don't have mammoths even though i think we have somewhat process but one you have to go with kind of like the goats when we were cloning things yeah they may not live or there is problems or even in the so and also kind of what they talked about in jurassic world if they may not have a full genome like yeah and they have to supplement it yes yeah, so, but i mean but i, I which would obviously have, we haven't we do not have the po- possibility of gene splicing yet gene <laughs> splicing is an awesome concept but like from that though like that like with a mammoth i can understand that but like i'm assuming you can get like really fresh dna you still have to sequence from, all of it like, oh okay so i mean which you could technically probably sequence so it, it but then you have to actually know where you part of the genome or well, no because well probably not because you won't lose anything from sequencing sequencing will just tell you what it all it is but having the capability to do that and know what everything does within there okay because all i know is just at least with mammoths well i guess technically i'm, I'm trying to think like where we fall think in back line to my anthropology the, class yeah um i don't know if it's homo sapien but there were hominids with yeah Mammoth. Which depends I, on whether you believe the whole thing, whether we actually drove the big mammal to extinction, such as like the mammoth or not, was, or whether it was something else. Yeah. So, was, so if we killed mammoths with sticks, yo, those mammoths should should have been should have been better. <laughs> well, because there was a weight up mammoth. Well, because of North America back in the day, we actually had a lot of large prime, uh, not primates. The giant sloths. The sloths, the saber tooth no, I mean, armadillos. El Paso has uh, mammoth fossils. In yeah, it. we went there and saw them. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but the thing was basically there's a theory basically saying like why did they die? Was it because of basically because evolution only allows you to get so big to where you should be able to mm. you know fill your thing? Or I mean, which possibility? And also whether humans end up taking over and killing them all. I would love to see humans try to kill a mammoth with like sticks and like. (laughs) Well, you just reproduce a lot faster in other things. It's like a zombie horde. We can overwhelm a mammoth. I would just be so scared to fight a mammoth. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they're just so big. Back then, people weren't afraid of things. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's also why they only walk outside and freak but out. But also, we're afraid of things. It's just why we survive. It's like a weird. Well, they thing, actually had right? rational fears. Not yeah, exactly. yeah. Fears. But yeah. <laughs> let's be scared of the saber tooth, big ass mammoth. Let's go take it out. <laughs> yeah. All I'm trying to say is that it would be awesome to work on this process for animals that humans currently, because we're awful, have driven to extinction before well, we do the mammoth. Which lead to the question, the question, which I had some kind of questions of going into this, of like, basically, should we be doing de-extinction in, in the first place? If it doesn't fuck with the ecological system... Well, you don't know that. Yes. That's the whole point of chaos theory. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you don't know. Given, given, <laughs> like, given what we have now, like, given the fact that we can, you can, we can corner off pieces of land for like refuges and stuff like that, but also like. I think we have enough information to know, or at least, like, have a probability of what would happen if we reintroduce a new species into a certain area. Well, how far back do you go? I, you bring back giant sloths. Well, yes, Adrian, you bring back the giant sloth. But no, I think being reasonable... Well, what's being reasonable? Bringing shit that we've killed to extinction within, like, the past hundred years. Well, what about if someone died 105 years ago? The past hundred years. Yeah. Why are those animals more better? And I would say because we probably have more data to like make sure that e- like ecological systems don't collapse because that's probably that's probably the biggest fear is what happens when you reintroduce well, a new animal. Well, why are they going extinct like in the first place? Like, where are we putting all these animals? We already have enough problem with space and think people keep reproducing. Well, one stop humans from reproducing. So now we're not allowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the animals, Matt. But two, like they go extinct honestly because of like. It, like if you look in like Africa and like those animals, like all of those are things that are that humans have deemed culturally sp- significant, which is why they're hunted for their ivory. They're hunted for all these things. Like whether humans. Well, what about the things that go extinct it? that were not human caused? Oh well, then I don't think we have an obligation to. Why not? Because we have the power. Do it. We have the power to stop it. In a perfect world, yes, but in I'm trying to be logical here because I'm never logical on this podcast. I'm just saying stuff that we personally have contributed to their extinction because rhinos are gone or white rhinos are gone now, and it's very sad. So, yeah. So, I guess besides the distinct de extinction question, like, do you believe we should be doing genetic engineering? Yes. I'm cool to, to so where are we drawing the line? Are we just only doing it with people? Are we doing it with just animals? Are we going to make some cool looking like cats that can fly? Should we do it with people? Are we going to end up with if Gattaca? There, there, if there is a gene that can let me fly, please turn that back I, on. I mean, I'm, I'm all for Gattaca stuff. Like, I, I'm I, not, I'm I, thought, not I'm, I thought Gattaca was an amazing movie. I was like, if I could pick exactly what my kids look like and make sure there's no like disease or anything like that, I'm all for that genetic. It's just super expensive. As somebody who would, I'm, ha- I'm down for it. Like as somebody right. who has the breast cancer gene and has like a very, 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 very high chance of having the Alzheimer gene. Yeah. Yeah. Of Take course. that shit away from me. Maybe we should. I don't want it. Yeah, like it's. So is it only for diseases, or can I like, can I get my own wings? Well, I literally that. just said that if somebody has, if there is a gene in me that. Well, I know, but me for wing, but I me mean, just for like whatever people want. I mean, like, yeah. like. People, there's a reason like why there's like the, that that athlete won the ge- genetic lottery because they have like the genes that make them freak athletes. And yeah. If we were all freak athletes, and that'd be dope. <laughs> that'd be super dope. If everyone was a freak athlete, so, no one wouldn't be. I would like everybody listening at home right now to know that I am not taking into consideration the wealth disparity that this would bring. I'm just talking about the ideas behind this because I think it would be cool. And I think like just GMO, G, like people are like, um, what is it like? Uh, genetic therapy is one of like the ways that people are combating really really aggressive illnesses um, and then also genome mapping is something that's been really important to like make sure we're progressed like so that leads to the question important. of that like that gene therapy and gen- genetic engineering like why can't we just let the people die because they're basically doing the same thing what happened to some of these extinct animals that you don't want to bring back 
Why do you make things hard, Matt? It's not wrong. <laughs> I just, just bring everything back. <laughs> Which kind Every, of snap your fingers snap and your everything fingers, is brought back to life. Comes back. Yeah. Which leads kind of basically because as you talked about that thing of even the extinction whatnot should we be even investing all this which is basically because a lot of people have had problems with uh, this reverse engineering thing of like why are we spending money in basically trying to bring back or reverse engineer basically your species when we could be using money in other places because we spend money on stupid stuff anyway like let's spend money on possible Jurassic parks our military has so much money right now yeah. so much let's money get engineered <laughs> military raptors <laughs> like in Jurassic World Whoa, is, is what we need to be doing if it gives us dinosaurs. So basically, I guess the question would be then, which we do basically as all the stuff, should we bring back the dinosaurs? What are we ca- classifying as a dinosaur? Everything. Just all of the extinct big animals and things? That no, are, I mean, well, are, you, dino- are you restraining it to a specific period, or can I say a giant sloth? Well, that wouldn't be classified as a dinosaur. That's what I'm asking. Well, no. I literally said, should we bring back the dinosaurs? What does well, the sloth have to do with the dinosaurs? I'm not a scientist, Matt. Yeah, it's also kind of weird because like some of like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park didn't even like live together. Yeah, they were. Yes, like, exactly. Well, they were in the Triassic. So, are we talking specifically for Jurassic Park dinosaurs? Well, I mean, sure. Okay, or I mean, arc dinosaurs. I mean, you, I mean, I would just assume. Well, I mean, you do classification of dinosaurs as a broad umbrella, yeah, whether it's the Jurassic, Triassic period. Technically, Jerboas are still around. But those aren't dinosaurs. I'm down. No, who would you bring back? Oh, who would Not, bring I back? didn't say who. I said should we. Oh, yeah. should we? I'm down. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know why. I don't uh, know. Dinosaurs are like one of the biggest mysteries on our planet, and like literally nobody knows. Nobody knows like what they look like because it's so long ago. Giant sloths, we got a pretty good idea because they're like far <laughs> enough away where we kind of know more or less what they look like because we have sloths that no one knows what a T-Rex actually looked like. No one knows what a brown... We can't. I can't even fathom the size of a brontosaurus. I can't even. I can't even picture it. In my so head. sadly, I'm gonna say no, just because of. That's like a very surefire way to set off everything and make ecosystems collapse. And no, you just put them in a park. You could, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Like that's the only way. Those s- islands exist off the coast that's of Costa saying. Rica. Yeah, we have tons of islands. <laughs> We, we, we could do that. Because like, if it's like an ecosystem thing we're worried about, let's just go find those like, looted things. So you're going to kill that ecosystem yeah, exactly. that's existing on yeah, that? exactly. We'll just move that ecosystem somewhere else. <laughs> because dinosaurs are cooler than some gecko off the coast of Costa Rica. You mean sloths? Because there's a whole bunch of sloths that like live on like these little islands and stuff the that are going to die. Sloths are basically dead. Like, <laughs> they don't do anything. Unless no, we're giant I saw sloths. in Planet Earth two. I saw one swim across the river because he thought he was going to get laid. It he didn't. Him, yeah, because it took him so long to get there. <laughs> if we didn't protect sloths, I'm pretty sure sloths would be dead. No, because we don't really no. protect sloths that much. They're really adapt to survive. Basically, we don't put, have to by biogeography. Put yeah. dinosaurs on that island to see if sloths survive. See if we now would if we didn't if we didn't wait like battle bots but like dinosaurs. <laughs> because are they technically so then you come to like are they technically alive because like we genetically modified them so are they real so if you had like raptor fights is it unethical which is like, kind of, which is kind of fights? well that's what kind of happened with the whole thing of like when they did them when they put them in the park like Ooh, do we even need to also, treat them royal do yeah. we, uh, wait question what type of di- am I bringing back the mythical idea of the, the way the dinosaurs look in Jurassic Park or and when I say a raptor am I bringing up a tiny little tiny little baby I don't really I mean I think if people like 
cockfights. I'm pretty sure like they like little raptor fights too. So I don't think the size of the raptor really matters too much. Well, the size of the matter is whether it's going to kill you or not. I will choke out a chicken raptor. Yeah, but you will not choke out a giant raptor. How do we know when this is going That's my point. We don't know. We don't know. It's All a clever, say... clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say yes. Like, ethically, no, but yes, because I want to use this line. Because God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Mm. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man, and women inherit the earth. That was not where I think you were going with that, but that's fine. Now you're talking about humans again. We don't care about humans. We just want dinosaurs. What do you mean? I'm just saying. I was I was quoting Ian e. Malcolm and Ellie Slater, Sattler. I know, I know, I know that, but I did not know. You, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I thought, and yeah. they're really cool. Like part of me really just wants to be like Adrian and say, I just want to know all about these dinosaurs and see all these things fight each other. And like, I would be okay if I died getting eaten by a dinosaur. But no, I, I don't want to get eaten by a dinosaur. I just want to see one. I want if there's like the mystery. Like I don't think I don't even like the mystery of it. The, the mystery of why I think it's like more. I mean, I'm really sad. White rhinos died. Like it sucks. But I'd rather have. A triceratops than a white rhino. I know what white white rhinos look like. I have no idea what a triceratops looks like. Oh, you have a general idea. I have more. I have an exact idea what a white rhino looks like. <laughs> I know exactly what that dude looks like. And one of the movies was all sick, and they, you know, it was just bring back a lot of childhood memories. It, it, it's like it's like a weird thing. I think the whole are they human? Like, are do they like have like the same rights as like animals who are not bred genetically? I think is yeah. I don't know. I I'd rather see us do it with animals because it's. Uh, I don't want to talk about the human thing because then I guess into like another hour long conversation. It's going to turn into one of our Patreon episodes where yeah, we're yeah. like getting into deep moral things. Well, that's the whole point of like between the fun, the, like said so the one. There's maybe a few things in here. One is whether we should bring back animals in general for the de-extinctions. Two, should yes. we be doing genetic engineering? And if we should be, what do we draw the line on? Is it only for treating diseases? Is it modifying animals the way we want? Maybe we want better looking. Maybe we can turn that rhino into a triceratops. Maybe we can. <laughs> but then it leads into basically, <clears throat> out of all of these, should we be investing any money in general into this stuff? Because one of the main counter arguments is this: we should be investing our money instead of like billions of dollars. I think they did the estimate of like rounding quote unquote of like twenty three billion dollars to make like Jurassic World, depending on stuff. What can we you do with twenty three tr- billion dollars? We have a trillion dollar defense system where they waste fucking money like there is a gun that is in existence that they paid to be made where one bullet costs like five thousand dollars why no we don't need that but 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 that's what i'm saying the the whole point is for every argument for that though there is a counter argument like why do i need a raptor chicken okay (laughs) so i'm not okay all of this should be happening and money could be put into it because in the future we could get a raptor chicken but the big thing that this does is, and this is how people package it, and I know you hate this in science, but it is a benefit to humanity to work in a way that you can help, like, the betterment of humans. Like, if I... I yeah, really the extinctions probably help humans in no way whatsoever. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, all it does is give us stuff to look at. Well, I mean, like, genetic engineering, honestly, is what I'm talking about, and, like, being able... Like, I wish I had been born with those genes. So... 
it. Yeah, I mean, like, logically, I don't, you probably, like, logically it doesn't make any sense, because, like, 99% of all species have been extinct, so, like. Our times are coming. Yeah, like, white rhinos <laughs> and stuff like that's, it didn't happen now, it's gonna happen later. Well, that's the whole point of, like, why I said, like, why are we only twos in 100 years? Yeah. Yeah, like, it was, it was gonna happen. Why don't we bring back the dodo? Well, I only say okay, I only said a hundred years just because of direct human involvement. Like, had that animal been yeah, but we don't actually know probably how far back of direct human involvement goes. Basically, anytime we started building cities, we killed a lot of things. Yeah. So how far back are we going? Far city wise? Really, Matt? I thought only us eating meat is what hurt all the animals. <sighs> We're not going into that conversation. <laughs> okay, continue. Sorry. No, but yeah, like basically since we've been making quote-unquote civilizations or cities or anything else, we've basically been destructing ecosystems, whether people like it or not. Your house destroyed an ecosystem. Or part of an ecosystem. Yeah. That's accurate. So why everybody yells about save the rainforest, they don't care that we just flattened all this land up and made condos and apartments. Yeah, we have this like really weird thing, like humanity of like attributing importance thing to different kind of animals. Like white rhinos are cool, but like I'm pretty sure in the rainforest there's like a lot more things that have gone extinct like in that time frame. Oh, that's stuff we haven't even figured um, out. But yet. white rhinos are cool because like they're big and cute. But like there's little, there's probably like little geckos. Definitely, people fight less for the rhino. They fight more for like a panda that's already like going up. That's what I'm saying. Like that's like bigger animals. We get, we attribute more importance like the bigger animals than we do like. A little frog. Well, which is also funny because we basically you've talked about how basically pandas would go extinct without human yeah. human intervention. Well, why yeah. should we not just let them go extinct? Well, I mean, I would prioritize <laughs> other animals over them, but like they use it to sell. Why are you prioritizing other idea? animals? All animals are equal, Kate. No, they're not. <laughs> in the real no, world, <laughs> everybody in all things are not. Crazy. When all of the sharks die, the ocean will fall apart. As much as everybody wants to yell about equal stuff, when it comes to actual biology, things aren't equal. Do you bring back the Megalodon? Yeah. I feel like Matt would bring back the Megalodon. We're screwed. Actually, I wouldn't mind. If you bring back a Megalodon, think about how much that thing would destroy an ecosystem. Yeah. I'm saying That thing would just eat everything, and nothing would be able to kill it. There's so much of our ocean unexplored. How do we know it's dead, Matt? Yeah, like no, the movie, we're not, we're not like going the movie Meg. Meg. We're not, we're not, no, 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 no. It was on the History Channel, Matt. No, no, no. There's a new one with Jason Statham. No. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty no. excited about it because Jason Statham's in it. I know. No. I That's going to be one of the ones that we that we record and Matt just like yells in the back. No. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> no. I'll summarize it for you, Matt. No. <laughs> but no, it's, yeah. But do you bring back the Megalodon? Well, the whole point of that thing, too, is basically because we don't know what that ecosystem does. with basically the whole basis of chaos theory of, like, if we bring back a T-Rex, what's going to kill not, it? That's not what I asked, Matt. I just want a yes or no. Do you want to bring back the Megalodon? Would I bring back the Megalodon? Well, I'm kind of like, well, personally, if I could ride one, sure. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> exactly. That's all. That's but it. do I know out of all the species to bring back, is that a bad idea? Yes, and it's not because they're just going to eat people. I think we have enough information. Not the ocean. I don't think we bring out any, anything in the ocean. We don't know shit. Yeah, and I think like the like the Amazon is even harder because of the is it like the, the Amazon has like the most biodiversity out of like well any piece the of whole land. point about but this I think that is... there are like some places that have been extensively surveyed and ha- like people know about and have been working on trying to save these things. You can find out how to bring stuff back. You you say all this, but in the grand schemes, we don't know really that much at all ecosystems are way more com- complex yeah. than you can factor and which is the whole basis of this whole entire I don't see a problem movie. with de-extincting 
like a hundred white rhinos and putting them back on that piece of land that was well that the problem the well, the, white well the problem they have with that is two between thing which probably with more of the whole sequencing problem with not so much that we can't sequence a thing is like why we have creatures that will we know basically we know are going to go extinct because you have to have biodiversity and you yeah. have to have genetic drift and genetic d- diversity in general to have a species actually survive which is why we can have like a hundred white rhinos depending on or thing and it could be one of those depending on the genetic diversity so if it's a hundred white clones then you have no genetic diversity uh, no nothing they're all just gonna die yeah whereas if you can make a within the hundred thing they actually have enough genetic diversity you can actually grow the species but what if you had like five rhino dnas and then you made five rhinos and then you like had them populate with each other and then eventually you'd end up with no it doesn't work like that you'll end up in a bottleneck that's yeah. why the amish communities and we have blue people yeah. Oh, that's also yeah, that's why the right. Cain and Abel story is some of the yeah, dumbest yeah. shit in the world because it doesn't make sense genetically. Since you're a botanist, Matt, do they do work like this with like extinct plants? As far as like what, trying to bring them back? Right, like the extincting plants. Uh, like, like what? Like plants. Um, I don't know, but there's been talk of it, but I don't know if they've done it. They've done a lot of genetic engineering. Is that easier or harder than bringing back um, like a mammoth or like a goat? <laughs> That would be more of a complete genetic question that I wouldn't actually know because... Come on, Matt. My bad. You're, you're a scientist, Matt. You're supposed to know everything. That is such an <laughs> academic answer and not an internet answer. Like, I am now an official in this because I watched a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will now break down the genetics of this. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing which we've done with genetic engineering and plants is which is kind of some of the examples and why it's so complex and things with the whole coming back is they've tried to mix plants... And make these hybrid plants to where you can grow things that have like grow underground, like t- like a tubers, car- ca- yeah, tubers, like yeah, carrots and whatnot growing around, with having small things like or making it turn into like a broccoli carrot or something like that. Up top. Yeah, the problem is they end up doing, or or even trying to make it grow not necessarily a broccoli carrot, but even the hybrid of like trying to make more bigger carrots with smaller like actual leaves or the top parts of it is the genetics never worked away and they always end up backwards. So if you try to make like these whole genes to make like small little leafy parts and big carrots, you end up with like this giant leaf and no carrot. <laughs> I'd just be interested to see like giant Science uh, is hard. Giant Venus fly traps brought back. Giant Venus fly trap versus a hundred chicken raptors. <laughs> Who would win? <laughs> Who would win? See, I would just start Tweet like, us, gi- let us I would, know. I would just start a giant fight club if I had like, <laughs> to do all this just because I'm interested in seeing who would win in these fights because we see them on TV all the time like well, it's just, Jurassic World's going to be full of dinosaurs fighting each other so don't at me because you would want to see stuff fight each other too that's what happens in the wild don't well it's me. the funny thing is you bring that up but if we took chicken raptors and we changed the word to dog all of a sudden it's the most horrible thing in the world You're not wrong and again it goes back to like we attribute cultural we, significance to animals based on where you are because yeah. dogs mean something here yeah. They don't mean something in other places. Yeah, that's why I don't care about the right rhinos, but I'd rather have dinosaur chickens. And that, that's the other problem. Like, you wouldn't be able to have one governing body deciding what exactly. gets brought back because all of these animals have different things. Like, we well, According have... to the cords, somebody always needs a governing body. Oh, God, no. But, like, honestly, because if you think about it, like, just if you look at, like, food as a spectrum, right? Like, we don't eat horse. We see horse as being, like a terrible thing we're not supposed to eat but in other countries they eat horse because it's a readily available meat as opposed to other things same thing with donkey goat dog 
Like I would, I would eat horse if offered to me. I would do. Yeah. My, my line is after horse. <laughs> I'm not after gonna, horse. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Based on everything I know, I'm not. I'm not gonna say we've never eaten horse. We've probably eaten horse. Yeah. Um, but or I, brown cape. I'm pretty sure we've eaten horse once. Yes. And not known it. Yes. I've eaten cow eyes. I've probably eaten <laughs> horse. <laughs> like all I'm saying is just that like culture like cultures attribute different things to animals, different things to pets. Like. It, it's not the same and so like when we go into like do we bring stuff back it's gonna be really hard to decide what to bring back on like a large global scale yeah I want a pet sloth like a big giant sloth that thing would be bigger like think bigger than our house your roof. there's no that's way fine. It, it would like break, break your that's fine I would throat. live outside with it and I would ride on its back and it would sustain me um, I don't think it works like that <laughs> <laughs> give me the white rhino before the giant sloth <laughs> Which then leads into the obviously we can keep going on this for hours and hours, but then the whole question of like deep blue sea. What if we make creatures end up smarter than what they actually already are? Then we deserve to die, as opposed as like evolution says. Well, the funny thing about that movie is they were trying to cure I believe it was Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's for it, and then they just made smart sharks. Chomp chomp. Ridiculous. I love that movie. I know. It's so I'm, good. I'm not saying the science in the movie is good. I mean, what I'm saying is the concepts of what they were doing. So, back to Mr. Ian e. Malcolm. We're so preoccupi- preoccupied with whether or not we could, we didn't stop to think if we should. Yes. So, anyways, final thoughts so we can wrap this up because this has gone way longer. Last year, I rewatched all the Jurassic Park movies. Jurassic Park 1 is the only one that holds up, and Jurassic World recently came out, and I did not enjoy it nearly as much on my second and third viewings of it. Um, but, like, fucking dinosaurs are awesome! Dinosaurs are great. I want to get back to the effects of Jurassic Park 1 because I'm tired of all of the CG being really overly used. Thank you. Um, I don't know. It just hits me like, I didn't think I was going to talk, like, well, I always talk a lot. But, like, my childhood. Like, like people talk about their childhoods and stuff. Jurassic Park is definitely has, like, a really special place in my heart. And, like, I'm probably going to be playing, like, that theme music over some of the pieces where we talk. Like, every time we reminisce about childhood. Because, like, that theme music has, like, it, like, kicks in right away. And I just want to go watch that movie again. And I want to go watch it now. Uh, yeah, for me, like, Jurassic Park just has, like, a spot in my childhood. It's one of the first movies that I remember, like, distinctly watching and remembering and, like, having conversations about. Like, I literally remember the time with my grandma who's no, who's no longer with us like i remember like talking about the the samuel jackson scene and being like grandma like how much money did and like her like just looking at me like i was just <laughs> like the most naive kid in the world and like that those are like childhood memories but that, did she correct you she did of course okay. yeah, yeah, yeah uh but it's just like the effects are amazing like the story is like simple and it's has you know funny moments it has like those moments of like kind of awe um, the practical effects are amazing. Um, I don't like the other two after it. Uh, I think Jurassic World is fine if they just didn't do it so, like, monster movie-y, where we're just, like, waiting to see, like, the Verizon Saurus or whatever they call it in the thing. Um, if they just would have stuck it with, like, more of, you know, Chris Pratt and, like, the baby and his baby raptor homie, I think that would have been a lot different. Um, I'm excited for the next one. Like, I'm going to go see it for sure. I don't think there's any movie out that's like like Jurassic Park that has like this cultural impact. It's like really weird like how the first one is so good and the rest of them are terrible, but they just keep mess making them. Uh, Tony, it's a weird thing is they keep showing up. Yeah, they just because keep showing up. dinosaurs. Basically, is all it is because di- yeah. I'm only going because dinosaurs. So, um, 
yeah, and then like all of like the genetic engineering questions are fun to talk about. Uh, Jurassic Park uh, four or Jurassic Park six fight clip. And if you do like these deep conversations, check out our Patreon because I think all of our Patreon review episodes have had something like that. Yeah, yeah. And if I like, if you like, if Jurassic Park five is terrible, holla at me. I'll pitch Jurassic Park six with uh, yes. Beast Wars and Dinobots. And I think it's it, compl- it would be completely better than what we what we might what we might get in this fifth one. <laughs> Sadly, I can't argue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I guess my final thoughts before we get to some of the fan but why those because apparently this is nostalgia for everybody else. Um, this is still my favorite movie. It'll always be my favorite movie. It'll still be the only movie I ever own because buying movies is dumb. Just get a better memory. And if you don't like it, then you should train your children to do it because you can do that, apparently. Or just genetically engineer them to have great memories. Gattaca. Um, but no, dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. I think it's great. I still own Curiosity Stream to watch dinosaurs, so whether it's parallel universes or dinosaurs, that's about it. Yeah, that is that. That's accurate. <laughs> so yeah, I've actually followed and seen a lot of the shows they've made and some of the recent stuff they did with all this reverse engineering and how they're doing it and what they want to. I think it's great, but um, I don't care for the other movies. I hate the third one. I feel like the third one ruined my teens. <laughs> how bad that one is. It's really bad. It is really bad. It's really bad. Even like the big dinosaur fight scenes aren't good because you just want the movie to be over by the time they happen. Yes. The only good thing that came out of that was flying dinosaurs and by that time I was like I'm already like over this. Like just kill them all flying dinosaurs. Kill them all. Yes. I'm sorry William Macy. (laughs) But no. um, So yeah. It sounds so weird without the H. William H. Macy. William Macy. That's what. That's the movie that drove him to Shameless. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Okay, go, go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's get to some of these fan but why those now. Alrighty, at Doctor Ragnarok, uh, Jurassic Park is a movie that reminds us of two important lessons. The first one is that you don't mess with nat- with the nature natural Naturals. order of things. But the biggest takeaway is to enjoy the little things in life, which is implied by John Williams' score. One, the score is amazing. Two, amplified. Amplified by John Williams. I'm reading this on a tiny screen. <laughs> okay, and the next one is by Etzer Ash. Basically, Ash, are one of our lovely bloggers and one of the hosts of one of our new podcasts, Safari Zone, which also sounds like it be could possibly be part of Jurassic Park, <laughs> which I guess is Pokemon, the fantasy place of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, it was a movie that kickstarted my love for uh, special effects. I remember seeing it and then consuming every possible piece of media on how they did it so I could make my own dinosaurs someday. Very accurate. At uh, Joe Fro, or Fru, I'm going to apologize now if I mispronounce your name. By this point, you should already expect it. Um, saw it in a theater, about jumped out of my seat when the goat leg fell onto the car. 25 years later, it can still scare the crap out of me. Where's the goat? Not unless they figure out how to open the doors, turn it off, turn it and off. These are quotes from the movie. There's also some awesome humor to counterbalance the scares. When you gotta go, I'm always on the lookout for future ex Miss Malcolm. <laughs> That's actually a really good line. <laughs> Women inherit inherit the earth. I really hate that man. No wonder you're extinct. <laughs> these are all great quotes. Actually, this movie does not scare me because I have actually memorized every single thing of this movie. I'm not surprised. I actually used to, when I was a kid, I used to play it, and I would close my eyes and see if I could time it right. But I also do that, that with a lot of time. That is such a Matt thing. 
Well, I actually used to do that when I used to drive across country to see if I could time miles. I actually got it down to where I could do it within 30 seconds. Where I could say, if we need to go 250 miles, how long would it take us? Um, at C, at, at 3CTA Philly 8. Matthew M. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a wonderful film, story, special effects, suspense, the whole package terrified me when I saw it as a kid in theaters. Um, at CJ Right Things, it was probably my first glimpse at a sheer scope. At the sheer scope that some films can accomplish, the first view of the park, accompanied by the wonderful score, by that wonderful score, moves me every time. It also, along with Independence Day and the first Star Wars, sparked my love for science fiction. By the way, Independence Day did come out two years after, or three years after yeah, that. Yeah, thanks to this movie for giving us Jeff Goldblum in Independence Day, because he's an awesome yes. Um, at Green Eggs and... Cam, JP, is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I tired my dad out of it because I literally watched the VHS every day as a kid. It sparked my dino phase. Everybody apparently has a dino phase. That's what scientists say. That so many kids have, as he says here, the fact that it holds up so well is a testament to how amazing amazing it truly is. It actually does hold up very well. Yup. Um, Jografest Andy. At Jografest Andy, even though the second one is getting a bit of a... Passing, pasting. pasting at the moment. Even though the second one is getting a bit of a pacing at the moment, I really like it. It's a really weird mix of good ideas and bad ones. I agree with you, Andy. I don't agree with your writing. <laughs> he That's a complete sentence using actual Getting words. a bit of a pasting at the moment. Yeah, that means that it's being knocked on. Like, people are shitting on it. I'd rather say shit on. Well, he didn't, and he used his words correctly. You just got thrown off. Thank yep. you for your but why, though, But if Andy. we drive three hours, I can tell you how long it's going to take us. <laughs> At Five Meets, I was a huge dino mark as a kid. Jurassic Park was the first time I felt I was watching real dinos. Like, really, really, really real dinos. Also, might have been the first time a movie made me emotional in the first welcome dino scene to the last uh, rule the earth shot. And he gave us pictures. That's really cool. Also, yeah, that Adrian, opening scene is like really amazing when they get out of the car. It really is. Um, but Adrian, I'm going to assume Mark is the wrestling term? Yes. Yeah, okay. Five Meats is also a great person who like loves wrestling. Um, at Dr. Filter? Mm-hmm. Um, was one of the only legitimate scares of my life in a drive-in, in a station wagon, when the T-Rex attacks the kids, sent me to the front seat of the car, one of my fondest movies, going experiences i've also seen this in the drive-in yeah i could imagine that like sitting in a car and seeing kids get attacked in a car yeah they get attacked in cars pretty often in this this movie this is definitely a horror movie yeah was there any else i'm kind of sad that i get to go see this in theater um i mean obviously i wasn't born when this movie came out yeah you can't talk Uh, about it yeah you're right sorry (laughs) i'll stop dino chicken fight clip that's all for our But Why Though. Thank you for everybody, that thing, and hopefully you all enjoyed Jurassic Park as much as I did, and if you don't, I'm sorry for you. Um, Kate, get us out of here. Uh, yeah, so everybody, just so you know, if you want to check out all of the other podcasts on our site, go to butwhythopodcast.com, as well as check out all the articles we have going there. We're really building out a community, so if you're listening and you want to write for us, just let us know via Twitter at butwhythopc, or go ahead and send us an email, info at butwhythopodcast.com. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever you listen to. It really helps other people find us. And you can find me at Oh My Randier on Twitter. Adrian? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. Matt. Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a clever girl. Aren't you a girl? They're all girls. Yep.